Hey guys, it's Heidi St. John, and I'm back today on this Thursday. I'm going to continue talking about what I touched on yesterday, which was uh, unpacking Psalm 1 and talking about what it means to have strong faith. If you want to have strong faith in a culture that's on its head, you got to have strong roots. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys, so welcome. I'm so happy that you are here today. Uh, It's just a joy for me to be with you and to be hearing what God's doing in your life. And I hope it's an encouragement and a blessing to you as we sort of walk this thing out together. So a lot of things happening in my life. Like I said, at the end of the show yesterday, uh, my husband and I are getting ready to be at a couple of homeschool conferences. Normally, I am at them, you know, I'm speaking at women's conferences and we're doing family camps and retreats and it really is um, something that we love to do. And uh, because of my run for Congress, I have had to sharply curtail that just so that I can be around here and be campaigning. The country is in uh, a a tailspin right now, for, for lack of a better word, because we have a crisis of leadership. And as I study study God's word, and this is kind of why I'm sort of stuck on Psalm 1, and I'm going to unpack it a little bit more for you in the next couple of minutes, but I'm stuck on it because if if we would do what God says in his word, then the Bible is clear there's a blessing in it. The Bible is, is it, it's actually a promise. And when God says something, you can take it to the bank. If God says, if you follow me in this way, there'll be a blessing. If you meditate on my word, if you know my word, if you put your your roots down deep into the soil of, of, of his word and you follow him, the Bible says that there's a blessing. And uh, it's easy for us, I think, to read the headlines, to get um, distracted by what's happening around us, to forget that God is in the business of doing what we think to be impossible, but his rules and the way that he asks us to do things are outside of our human thinking. And so we have to be looking and uh, and prayerful about what it is that God would have us do as we walk out the influence that God gives us and as we consider uh, where it is that he wants us to go from here. I was reading, you know, I, whenever I come in to do, um, to do the podcast, I always read the news, the headlines, right? So as we look at the news and we we watch the headlines, I'm I'm I've been encouraged more and more to do exactly what God instructed Nehemiah to do, which is kind of turn it off and just focus on what God's asked you to do. So that's why I decided, you know, I'm going to take a little bit of a break and we're just going to talk about what it means to have strong, strong roots and maybe turn down the noise just a little bit because it's easy, I think, for us to feel like um, the the fight that we're in is unwinnable. And none of that, none of that's actually true at all. It's absolutely winnable, but God lays out in his word what it looks like to be like that tree that's planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. And remember I told you the other day that I just, I look at it and I just think, boy, what an encouraging thing to know, no matter where you are in your life, no matter if you're a brand new homeschool mom or if you're young in your marriage, or maybe you're you're in a different season of your life and your kids are beginning to leave their home, the Bible says that each person that follows the Lord is like a tree that's planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. And we come in and out of seasons of bearing fruit in our lives. Have you guys noticed that? It's certainly been true in my life as a mother and as a, a daughter of the King of Kings, um, that there are, there are seasons for pruning, right? Seasons for planting, seasons for pruning, and, se- and seasons for yielding that fruit for harvest. And this comes after we follow the Lord. And so I want to just encourage you as we kind of move our way through this psalm, I'm going to go back and just read it from the beginning because we're only on verse three. 
But I'm going to ask you a question in a moment, and I want you to be thinking really carefully about what it is that God says about what it takes to experience his blessing. Remember, he said, blessed blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Remember what we talked about yesterday? What's a mocker? A mocker is someone who refuses correction and doesn't want to hang out with people who are wise, right? Because he's, he's too good for that. He doesn't have anything to learn, right? Bible says avoid those people. In verse two, he says, if you want blessing, delight in the law of the Lord. Because if you delight in his law day and night, you're going to become like a tree that's planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And I love that he said that because what he's, what he's, what the psalmist is saying is no matter what happens around you, if you're walking with the Lord, if you're listening for his voice, no matter what happens around you, you're, you're, uh, you're going to yield fruit. And your leaves are not going to wither. And when I think of withering, you think of a, of a witness that's quiet, of a witness that is um, she's kind of shrunken a little bit, you know? So, so instead of using the word wither, maybe you use the word quiet. And I guess I would just ask you, you know, what quiets your witness? There are a lot of things that quiet our witness, I think, as, um, as, as grownups for sure, right? We can, our witness could be quieted uh, because we had a personal failure. Maybe you um maybe you were the product of uh, of a home like mine that was less than healthy or maybe you've had a failed marriage or maybe you had a child who's a prodigal or maybe you suffered um you know you you uh, you filed for bankruptcy and you just felt man I just have nothing left to to offer anymore or maybe you uh, failed you had a personal failure in your life in another area and it embarrasses you and i think you know this, these are the kinds of things that quiet our witness i talked to a mom um, some years ago at an event that I was speaking at, and she had a, uh, experienced an abortion. So when she was 16 years old, she found out she was pregnant by this, you know, stupid boy that she was dating. And she realized, okay, I've made a terrible mistake, but it's too late now because I'm pregnant. And so she didn't have good people around her. She wasn't surrounded by wise counsel. She didn't have parents that were walking her through this who said, no, that life inside of you bears is an image bearer of the one who made him, Right. And so in lieu of those things, she did the thing that most women do in that situation and she got an abortion. And of course she lived to regret it. She became to know, she came to know the Lord. She experienced his forgiveness, but she didn't let that translate into her personal, her personal life. And it quieted her witness. And so she came to an event that I was speaking at and I watched her sitting sort of maybe, I don't know, four or five rows back from the front on the left-hand side of the auditorium. And I noticed that during the break, she was just, she was just weeping. And I went up to her and I said, Hey, you know, what's going on? And she said, boy, I just, I really want God to do something with me, but I've, um, I've just, I've made a mess of my life. She said, I had an abortion. And I asked her a question. And I think it, I think it's worth answering. You know, what is it? Who is it? I should say that God is more likely to use in the life of a woman who has just discovered that she has uh, breast cancer. Is it the woman who's never had breast cancer? Or is it the woman who has experienced the, the ravages of chemotherapy and radiation and understands the pain and the suffering and the indignity of a double mastectomy and has come out on the other side of it to say, he's good. That's the person that God wants to use. So if you're listening to this and that's you and you're thinking, you know what? I, I, 
I had a prodigal child, so therefore I can't give any parenting advice. I've got nothing good to offer. Maybe you're thinking, I got divorced, and so I, I can't help that young mother who is struggling her marriage right now. It's not true. God wants to use you. Don't let the enemy quiet your witness. I love this promise from scripture because the Bible doesn't give a disclaimer. It doesn't say that you will plant, that, that if you do these things that God instructs you to do, that you'll yield fruit and your leaf won't wither unless you had a failure in your, in your past. It doesn't say that. And I love this truth because God is telling us exactly what the recipe is for success. He's saying, don't let anything quiet your witness. Do these things now. Start where you are, right? It's, it, it's going back and starting where we are and asking the Lord to help us. And then the Bible says that he does. And what happens as a result? The Bible says that we prosper. You see, God's blessing is not found outside his boundaries. I'm gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. Did you know 37% of Americans cannot name a single freedom out of the First Amendment and 74% cannot name the three branches of government? No wonder we are experiencing tyranny in America at levels many of us never thought we would see in our lifetime. Well, my friends at Patriot Academy recognize that an educated citizenry is absolutely essential for our survival as a free people. This is why their mission is to inspire patriotism, equip citizens, and educate a nation to live out their freedoms. They also know that freedom is not a boring subject, especially when comedian Brad Stein, God's comic, is in the mix. Well, starting April 11th, Brad Stein, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and America's Constitution coach Rick Green will be bringing the Comedy and Constitution Tour to cities across Texas. Join them for one-of-a-kind edutainment that's going to educate, entertain, equip, and inspire your family to accept, protect, and purposefully pass on the torch of freedom. Learn more at patriotacademy.com forward slash Texas tour. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So let's look at verse three all the way to the bottom. So it's verse three that says that the person who meditates on God's law day and night, who delights in his word. So what does it mean to delight in his word? It means we, we love it. I think when I think of delight, you know what I delight in? I delight in my children. I really do at every stage of their lives. I love to watch them flourishing. I love to watch them trying new things. I love to watch them interacting with each other. I love to see their friendships develop as they get older. And I know that they're going to be friends for the rest of their lives. I love my children. I delight in them. And the Bible says that that's how we should look at his word. We should delight in it. We should go, boy, this is a, a, a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And God said, if you'll just read it, I'm going to help you in, in every aspect of your life. And the result of that, the Bible says, not only do you yield fruit in season, And not only will your leaf not wither, in other words, no one can silence your testimony after that, but whatever you do will prosper. And you see, I said right before the break that God's blessings aren't found outside his boundaries. And yet we see an entire generation of Christians who want the blessing of God, but they want to walk outside his boundary. And when we stray outside the boundary, 
we recognize, oh, that's where the danger is. So I guess the question, it begs the question, when, where are, where are your roots growing down? Do, are you giving the tree that David's talking about the opportunity to blossom, the opportunity to, uh, to yield fruit in season? Because you see, when your roots go deep in him, there's really no opportunity for external things to get to you. So just like a tree with deep roots is unaffected by the strong winds and fierce rains and tumultuous storms, when our roots go down, it doesn't matter what's happening around us. We're still going to prosper. So it doesn't matter what's happening to Heidi St. John in the midst of my travel season or in the midst of a congressional run. The Bible says, if I'm doing what God asked me to do and I'm not uh, hanging out with the wicked and I'm listening to the Lord and my, I'm delighting in his word and I'm meditating on it, it doesn't matter what happens around me, I'm going to prosper. And you, you notice that if you study uh, the vernacular really and you know, you know, people go, well, prosper, then everything must be going right. Right. If you're prospering, you got to have money. Your relationships are great. No, no, no. It's like joy. It's like not understanding joy. Joy is not dependent on your circumstances. Right. Uh, Corey Tenboom knew this very well. And she said, joy was not a product of your circumstances. Joy was the unmistakable sign of the presence of God in your life. That's the kind of prospering that David is talking about. The fruit that comes, the, the, um, the absolute flourishing that happens because in your heart and in your soul, you're at rest. And so you can say, it is well with my soul. That is what David means. And so how do you identify these strong roots? Well, you identify them by a couple of things. The first one is a growing relationship with Christ. In other words, it's that desire to be in his word, to be plugged into a church, to be opening your Bible. I love listening to Steve Demi when I was talking to him about his relationship with the Lord. And he said, he, it's, this, it's this big hug that he gets from God every day. And in fact, uh, I was thinking, I'm gonna look it up in my notes really quick because he said something I loved. He said, you know, when you, um, when you get up in the morning and you, you see your little kid come running to you or your puppy comes, you know, in our house, I've got, uh, mostly it's our puppy now because most of our kids don't come running to me anymore. But the, the puppy will come up and she, I mean, he just wants to be, he wants me to pet him and he wants me to go, hey, good morning, Finley, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. He say, I feel that way about getting not a hug, but a hold with God. So you're waking up in the morning and you're, you're opening the word and you're saying, Lord, show me what, show me what you got for me today. It's that growing relationship with Christ. Second, the second thing is just to be grounded in, in God's word. If you're grounded in, in God's word, you're going to be discerning. In other words, you're going to be led by the spirit. And we want that. So what happens when you're engaged in a growing relationship with Jesus, when you're teaching your kids what it means to be in right relationship with Jesus Christ, and you as an adult are grounded in God's word. So whether you have children or whether you don't, this is what the Bible is teaching you right now. Be grounded in the word. As a result of that, you're gonna be led by the spirit. And as a result of that, just like that tree that's planted by streams of water, the Bible says that you're able to flourish in any environment. So no matter what happens around you, you're gonna be at peace in your soul. And God's going to be giving you the tools that you need to flourish no matter what happens. And I, I always tell uh, parents, it's called, you know, you, you, you see the, the imagery, right, of this tree that's planted by streams of water. And I always tell people, this is like becoming an intentional arborist, right? A tree surgeon, a specialist in treating trees or damaged tree. And the key is intentional biblical 
engagement. The Bible teaches us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, that the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God's word does that. And so when you feel that conviction from the Lord, I shouldn't have said that to my spouse. I shouldn't have done, I shouldn't, I shouldn't go back and make it right, right? That's that, that conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit. That's that penetrating that happens that we just go, oh man, that's right. You know, uh, God would have had me handle that situation differently. It's probably more important as you get older. Um, it's certainly, this is true in the workforce when we realize, oh, you know, I messed, I messed that up. Well, going back and making it right. You know what? When you do that, the people that are around you are watching. Obviously, if you're a parent, your kids are watching. Um, we have opportunity every day to be that intentional arborist to take care of our tree first and then as parents to take care of the trees around us. I think I've shared, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this today because I, it was such a um, kind of an aha moment for me that when I was a young uh, college student at Multnomah, uh, Dr. John Mitchell was still alive. He would have been in his 90s then, I'm sure. But here he is teaching these, you know, would-be shepherds of the next generation. And we, you know, we're all gung-ho and we think we got more answers than we actually do. And, and uh, he asked us, you know, how many of you want to serve the Lord? And of course, you know, we practically jumped out of our chairs. Yes, I want to serve the Lord. That's why we're there, right? We're in Bible college because we want to serve the Lord. Well, he leaned into the lectern and he said something that has stuck with me my whole life. And he said, before God can use you greatly, he will wound you deeply. Are you ready to be pruned by the master? And I just remember thinking, well, I'm out. I don't want to be pruned anymore. I felt like I'd come from a pretty, I took a pretty good pruning growing up. And I thought that was enough for me. And I didn't really need any more pruning. That was probably going to do it. And God said, nope. There's more pruning yet to be done. But I loved that coming from Dr. Mitchell. This, he and his wife were never able to have children of their own. He, they'd lived through so many heartaches in their life. And they realized, and he, he taught on this many, many times, that the pruning of God comes in different seasons of our life. So the pruning that happens when you're a young person is going to look different than the pruning that you're going to get as a parent. Like I'm always telling parents, you want to find out how completely selfish you are, have a kid. You want to find out your breaking point, homeschool them. You want to find out, wow, look at me. I, I thought I had a lot of patience. I thought I was a decent human being until I tried to teach math three days in a row. And then I realized, boy, you know, I need to be in the word more. I got a self-control problem or whatever it is. It matters that we are walking with the Lord, that pruning that happens all the time, that wounding that if you're not paying attention to what the, what the pruning actually is, it feels like wounding that's just sort of arbitrary, but it's not. God's pruning is intentional. And as parents, we want our pruning to be intentional also. And I, I think about, uh, you know, me and my marriage, you know, Jay and I have a little emblem that says St. John underneath it. It says firmly planted in 1989. You see, according to God's word and his promises, my husband and I in covenant relationship with each other decided that our roots would be in, intertwined for the rest of our lives and that those would go down deep in the firm soil of the word of God, and we would cling to the promises of God's word as we brought up our children. And that is the kind of thing that yields the fruit that lasts for generations. That is exactly what is required right now, that we be like that tree that's planted by streams of water. You guys, there's a lot of stuff going on in the culture right now. 
The winds uh, of change are blowing all around us. We've got a lot of things upside down, but a lot of really good things are happening too. And so I want you to be encouraged. If you haven't read Psalm 1 with your kids, sit down today and read it with them. It's such a blessing to be able to see God at work, to know that his word doesn't change and that it really is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Thank you guys for praying for our family and for kind of watching us as we're uh, going through this um, this season of our life. Tomorrow, I'm gonna have a friend come on the show with me, uh, Pastor John Amankachua. I totally slaughtered his name and I did it on purpose because tomorrow you're gonna hear me say it, right? This guy has had a profound impact in the conversation when it comes to critical race theory and abortion, particularly in the black community. This is gonna be an interview you will not wanna miss. This guy speaks with authority and power and his brand new book, Erased, is uh, available for pre-order right now. He's coming on the show tomorrow. And again, we're gonna pick up this conversation about what it means to stand strong and be firmly planted in the culture all around us. In the meantime, I hope you guys have a great evening. Love your families well. And I will see you back here tomorrow with Pastor John at the intersection of faith and culture. 